Did you know most fine dining restaurants won't set the table with salt and pepper? The thinking is that the chef has already seasoned everything perfectly. Anything more would be too much. However, of course, there are exceptions, like at Thomas Keller's famous restaurant, the French Laundry in Yountville, California. So dinner at the French Laundry is like nothing else in the world. One of the most decadent meals out there. They go above and beyond with everything they do, especially especially when it comes to salt. So when the bread is served, they will usually bring butter. Uh, the night we went there, they uh, they offered three different kinds of butter as well as salt, except there were six different kinds of salt. Six, you may wonder? Yes, six. Stick around so I can tell you why and share a bunch of other examples of how the devil is in the details. There's an old saying goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast for anyone who's looking. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. My name is Chip Close and this is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast dedicated entirely to the restaurant industry. Each week we discuss the tools, tactics, and strategies that will establish you as a leader in your market. That means doing more covers and driving more revenue. So each week we choose a topic, we we pick that topic apart, we come up with some key insights by the end, and then we always finish up with an assignment. I leave you with a short actionable task, something you can do right away to start implementing some of the ideas we talk about here on the show. Because as I always say, information is only as valuable as the action it inspires. Now, this week's episode is once again sponsored by the Table Rock QR menu system. Without a doubt, these past few months have been a struggle as restaurants around the world start to welcome back patrons. We all know that health and safety uh, is the number one concern. So you have to start thinking about things you, you never even considered before, like what to do about menus. Now, instead of wasting money on disposable menus or trying to properly clean reusable ones, restaurant owners all over the country are switching to the Table Rock QR menu system. Now, how does it work? Well, you place a QR code at the front door or at the register or or even right there on the tables, and your guests can easily use their phones or tablets to scan and view their menu. The best part is that it allows you to update your menu at any time, and it automatically syncs to that QR code that you already made. Plus, you can display up to 10 different menus from just one QR code. So you have a lunch menu, a dinner menu, dessert menu, a selection of beers or cocktails or even a wine list. This is the simplest, most affordable way to ensure you meet CDC guidelines and provide a safe environment for both your patrons and your staff. Learn more at qrmenusystem.com or you can click the link in the show notes. Now, Hawaiian black salt, Hawaiian red salt, a Japanese sea salt, a Florida cell from Paris, a cell gris from Brittany, France, and finally, a Jurassic pink salt from copper mines in Montana, estimated to be about 30 million years old. The question you may be wondering, of course, is why? What's the purpose of serving six different kinds of salt, especially when most nice restaurants don't offer salt at all? The answer, of course, is complicated. The server will explain that different salts 
bring out different flavors in the bread or, or the foie gras or whatever it is you're going to sprinkle it on. But the main reason they do this is simply a display of going above and beyond. We do this because we can. Have you ever been to a restaurant that served six different types of salt? Yeah, me neither. And so it, it becomes a talking point. It's, it's a highlight of the meal in a certain way simply because it was unique and, and it was over the top. So this week's episode is all about the details, right? The devil is in the details, the little things that we can do to make an impression on our guests. Because even though we have all different kinds of marketing tools at our disposal, word of mouth is still the most powerful tool out there. And word of mouth is something that our guests do for us. It's something they do without us. But we can't leave it all to them. We can't just serve a great meal and then hope they tell their friends and colleagues. No, we we have to tip the scales in our direction. So, okay, how do we do that? Well, we give them things to talk about. So that begs the question, what kinds of things get talked about? Well, I'll turn that question to you. What sort of things do you talk about after a great meal? What gets your attention? What, what makes you sit up and take note? What is worth mentioning a day later or a week later or a month later? That's going to be part of your assignment. But to help you out, I'm going to share a bunch of my own stories to help, to help give you some inspiration. Again, the question is, what kinds of things do you talk about after a great meal? Now, the first one I think about uh, is Blue Hill here in New York City. Uh, of course, the, the main one is up at Stone Barns in Tarrytown. Uh, so it's the old Rockefeller estate. It's been converted into a farm and restaurant. Uh, they grow their own uh, crops there, raise their own livestock, and almost everything in the restaurant comes directly from, uh, from the farm there. It's an extraordinary place. But they've got another outpost uh, down in New York City in the West Village. And uh, back in 2003, my wife and I had just moved here to the city and and uh, we wanted to go for a nice meal. And so we asked around and people said, oh, you got to go here. Uh, Dan Barber is the chef. He's, uh, he's really making waves. It's a, it's a terrific meal. So, uh, so we went and we were shoved in this like crappy table in this, in this back area. Uh, but that's fine. We still had a good time. In fact, um, we were determined to have a good time. And so, you know, course after course, the, the food was uh, extraordinary. The, the wine was great. Um, but the thing that still sticks with me now, all these years later, 17 years later, uh, was, uh, was the dessert service. So uh, dessert comes, we order our dessert and, you know, it takes five or 10 minutes. Okay. The dessert comes, we start enjoying it. A couple of minutes after that, our server comes back over and drops a, a little basket of Madelines on the table and a couple of jams. And the server says, uh, we put these in the oven when you first ordered dessert. These are fresh out of the oven. With the Madelines, we're serving two different jams uh, that we make ourselves. They come directly from the farm upstate uh, and here enjoy. Just you know, spread a little bit on the Madelines if you'd like. Well, we were like blown away. So we had our desserts and then we had a little basket of Madelines for the center of the table. Of course, other restaurants will do this. Other nice restaurants uh, serve pedophores, you know, just some little sweet bite that, that finishes your meal, often after the dessert or, or with the check. Um, but it's a little something extra to go above and beyond. But that wasn't what was amazing. So the next step, they come and they clear our desserts and they bring a little package to wrap up the basket of Madelines. And then they bring lids for the jams and a little and a little holder, like a little carrying case. And they slip the two little jars of jam in there. And they said, we're going to package these up for you to take with you. Uh, they'll be perfect for breakfast tomorrow. And you can, you know, spread them on toast or whatever. 
we were like, what? <laughs> so we got to bring the rest of the Madelines home because there was no way we were going to finish them. There were like eight or ten Madelines in there. And then we also got the jams to take with us as well. And you better believe that we had them with like cheese a couple days later. And, and you know, we broke them out, you know, two weeks later when we had friends over for, for dinner. And we retold the story. In fact, every time that we kept looking at those those little jars of jam, we were reminded of the story and it prompted us to tell the story. So here we are 17 years later and I'm still telling the story of Blue Hill, the Madelines, and the jam. Now, I also think of Olmsted. I, I, I talk about this place ad nauseum and I'm so sorry. So Olmsted is out here in Brooklyn. It's in the Prospect Heights uh, neighborhood in Brooklyn. Uh, Chef... Greg Backstrom uh, is the guy who runs it. Uh, his partner is Max Katzenberg. And, and so much of what they do there at the restaurant is just, um, they rethink all of the steps of service. And they're, and they're constantly thinking about, how can we make this different, more unusual, more remarkable? How can we create things, moments in service that people will remember, that people will talk about? And their tea service, right? So you order tea. And they, they go and they put the tea bag in the, you know, in the little cup to steep and they bring it to you with a little hourglass. It's a little two minute timer. And the server, when they drop off the tea, they say, you know, we recommend that you steep the tea for, uh, for two minutes. If you want it stronger than that, then just flip it over when it's done and steep it for four minutes. It, they could have just said, you know, wait two minutes and then, and then take the tea bag out. But instead they give you this little tiny little hourglass and and it's something that people like ooh and all ah over it's like it's so beautiful it's this like cool little touch uh, and again all these months later i'm still thinking about the two minute timer that comes with tea when you order tea at olmstead carmine's carmine's is in the heart of times square it's an italian restaurant it's one of probably two dozen restaurants in the uh, in the theater district in times square but when they opened back, I don't know, like 20, 25 years ago, something like that, uh, I'm sure they said to themselves, okay, we got to stand out. We got we to set ourselves apart from all the other uh, Italian restaurants out there. And what they do is different. Everything is oversized. It's all family style. So everything, appetizers, entrees, the pastas, the side dishes, the desserts, everything is served to the center of the table. So everything's really expensive, um, but it's all oversized and it, and it creates a show. It's a spectacle when you go there because you're always going with a large group because two people are going to have a hard time finishing a meal if you get you know, a plate of pasta and a side dish and an appetizer. It's like, it's just too much to eat. So often you end up going there with four people, six people, eight people, 20 people. It is about the spectacle of it. It's about getting a ton of food on the table and everyone's passing it back and forth. That is the experience. But it's different than any other place out there, certainly any other place in New York City. And now maybe there have been, you know, copycat restaurants, but uh, but they still stand alone and they're still there right on 44th Street. Um, it's a big, big tourist destination. Uh, we go like once a year still, even though we're not tourists, because it's just a really fun experience. But again, I think of the experience of going to Carmine's, ordering from Carmine's, passing food at Carmine's. It's something people talk about. And you better believe a bunch of tourists, when they go back to their hometowns, they're talking about that experience. Frenchette in Tribeca. Uh, it opened a couple of years back. It was named uh, James Beard Best New Restaurant in the Country uh, just last year. Uh, it's really good. Not, not my favorite restaurant, but uh, but certainly really, uh, really, really solid. But what makes them stand out for me is that their wine list is made up entirely of natural wine selections. So when you go there and you open a wine list, 
um, you have very little foothold. It's really difficult because all the producers uh, that you that you typically know, all the labels that you've come to to recognize, you're not going to find them on this list because again, it's all natural wine. Um, and I think about that because it prompts a conversation. It prompts a, a dialogue either with your server or with the sommelier um, to, to try and find something that, that you're going to like. Um, and it was a really nice uh, touch point. And, and again, it's still something now a year, year and a half later that I'm still thinking about. Um, in Paris, uh, so one of the restaurants we went to, um, they, uh, you know, nobody really offers like children's menu, which is great because my, my son is a, um, is a really kind of uh, adventurous eater. Uh, but the one restaurant we went to, they offered um, a children's portion of the filet mignon. They did a Rossini. So it was filet mignon with uh, seared foie gras and black truffles. That was on the menu. And the children's dish was the exact same dish just smaller. It was like a miniature version right down to the foie gras and the black truffles. It was awesome. My son loved it, but my son loved that he got exactly what my wife had gotten. Um, and they were just side by side. One was just smaller than the other. It prompted pictures. It prompted conversation. We talked about it when we got back home. And here we are six months later, and I'm still talking about that experience. Uh, Bestia out in LA, I went with my brother uh, last summer uh, and they serve uh, bone marrow luge, right? So uh, a lot of places do this. They will often serve like country bread on the side and you kind of scrape out the bone marrow uh, from the uh, from the bone, and you kind of spread it on there. It's super delicious. Uh, but out there in Bestia, they do it totally different, right? It, it's basically a pasta dish. They serve spinach spetzel, and the server brings over the bone marrow luge and scoops it for us. And it's part of the the table side service. They they mix all of that up, so they're they're mixing the um, the pasta and the other ingredients with the bone marrow, uh, and then we split that, and it was uh, super fatty, super rich, and delicious. Uh, but again, a year later, and I'm still thinking about it because. They, they figured out a way to do something different uh, than what everyone else out there is doing. Now, Legacy Records here in New York City uh, sets all of their tables with Zalto wine glasses. So uh, if you don't know that, uh, they are incredibly delicate, high-end crystal. Uh, to be clear, these glasses retail for about $60 a piece, and they've set the entire dining room, like, like 120 seats, with Zalto glassware. It was like unbelievable. They're super delicate and, and the wine smells amazing in them. But it was a show of, you know, of we can do this. We, we choose to do this. And it shows how much they value their, their wine list and their wine program that they're willing to put those glasses on the table because you better believe they probably break a ton of them. Levain Bakery, also here in New York City, uh, they serve these really famous cookies. The cookies are huge dense, super melty, and delicious. There is always a line down the block. And so uh, what happens is that you get in line and you're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. By the time you get up to the counter, you're like, well, I'm not just going to get one cookie. Most people end up getting a bunch of cookies to, you know, to quote unquote, make it worth their while for all the time that they waited in line. So here's the best part. Most people end up just giving those extra cookies away because there's no way you can eat more than a cookie. There's even eating half a cookie, it's 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 a lot of food. It's it's really rich. They're they're very heavy. So Levain has figured out a way to like make this a thing. Their cookies already get oohs and ahs. But here when you have to wait in line for a half an hour, you might as well get more than one. Fluke in Newport, Rhode Island. I've been there a couple of times. I went there a couple of years back uh, with my brother uh, for his bachelor party. We organized a big dinner there uh, for the end of our weekend. And um, 
and I think they did this just for us because I, I had met the owners. Uh, but other places do this. But what happened is they found out we were going fishing earlier in the day. And so they offered to cook the fish that we caught, which was awesome. Because there was no way that we were going to catch all these fish and then and do anything with them. We weren't going to, you know, we weren't going to make them ourselves back at the uh, back at the house. So the fact that they were able to, you know, take them from us, clean them and prepare them that night, it was super, super awesome. Um, other places I know do this. There are places down in Florida that will do this uh, down along the Gulf Coast. Um, but again, it just provides a touch point. It's just something to talk about. We didn't eat any fish. We ate our fish, the fish that we caught. It's a nice touch point. And, and again, it's just it's something that sticks out. Two years later, I'm still talking about it. I've talked about this on the show before, so apologies if you've already heard it, but there is a Mexican restaurant outside Chicago near where my in-laws now live, and they do fajitas for the table. So you actually can't get a single order of fajitas. You have to order for multiple people. They can do it for two, four, six. You got to order them in, uh, in even multiples. They bring out an enormous sizzling platter that serves however many people uh, you ordered it for. And it takes like two to three people to carry. Um, It's super interesting. It makes a big scene in the dining room and it ended up being delicious. Again, less about the quality of the meal and more about the spectacle. It gives something uh, to talk about. Franny's here in Brooklyn, God rest its soul. It closed a couple years back, but they uh, were kind of a a cool upscale pizza place in Brooklyn. And they... um, they never uh, sliced their pizza. They would serve scissors with their pizza so that you could uh, you could cut the piece of pizza to the size that you wanted. Uh, the chicken for two at Mark for Jones restaurant down in Tribeca. It's this like giant uh, chicken for two with all these like crispy onions underneath sitting in like a pool of bubbling uh, butter sauce. They bring it out to you. It's still bubbling and curdling. So, so, so good. Uh, but again, the, it makes a scene going through the dining room. Uh, the last couple, uh, I want to talk about uh, beverage service because this is uh, this is often ignored, but I think a big part of um, of where we can make an impression on guests. So Saxon and Parole is on the Bowery. It's kind of a, a hip, cool farm-to-table restaurant, uh, but they really made waves with their martini service. So they basically give you all the fixings on the side. So you tell them what kind of booze you want, so vodka or gin, and then what kind of vodka or gin. They serve that in a little shaker, and then they serve a little craft of vermouth on the side, uh, olives, a twist. A little bit of olive juice in case you want to make it dirty. Uh, Whatever you want to do, and then you mix it yourself. If you want a lot of vermouth, great. If you don't want any vermouth, then ignore it. So you pour it in, and then you shake it yourself or stir it yourself, and then pour it into your own glass. It's it's definitely a cool service touch, and it it makes, again, it makes a scene. People talk about it. People, People comment on it when it's in the dining room. And then finally, the last one, Lincoln, is an Italian restaurant uh, right in Lincoln Center. It's right by the uh, the Met Opera. Um, we used to go to the ballet years ago. Uh, we used to have season tickets. And so we would go there, you know, a couple times throughout the year. Uh, and they have a mix-and-match Negroni bar on their menu, right? So the classic Negroni is just three ingredients, right? It's gin, Campari, and a sweet vermouth. But what kind of gin, what kind of, you know, Campari type liqueur and what kind of vermouth you use can make different kinds of Negronis. So they had a little um, a little box on their menu, which was like, pick from these six gins, these six Campari, you know, you could do Campari, Aperol, other choices, and then these six vermouths. And based on what you picked, it created a different kind of Negroni. Then to top it all off, they, um, they serve their Negronis in a rocks glass with these solid, round, giant ice spheres um, that just looked really cool in the dining room. And it just kind of cued diners. You knew that those 
glasses were uh, for the Negroni bar. No other drinks got that big round ice sphere. Only the Negronis that were ordered from the Negroni bar. The bottom line is there are a million of these. What are the things you remember about a restaurant, right? Again, that's the first part of your assignment this week. Think of 10 details you still remember about various meals you've had in the past. Quirky things, interesting things, funny things, amazing things. What are the details worth talking about? Then the second half of the assignment is to then do this for your restaurant. What kinds of interesting things uh, would your guests talk about to their friends and family? And then to go one further, what could you do? How could you do more? Remember, it doesn't have to be fancy like six different kinds of high-end salt. It could just be something as simple as an hourglass as a tea timer or, or an interesting way that you serve a certain cocktail. As always, I want to thank you for tuning in. If you are still on the fence about downloading my budget template, I've included the link in the show notes. Go check it out. See what you think. I sell a bunch of them every single week. Uh, These things are helping people. I know they are. I promise it can help you too. Please make sure you also subscribe to get notified about new episodes. Until next time, take care of yourselves. Stay safe. Stay creative.